what's going on, Philadelphia? This is Vince Quinn here. And uh, no John today. We will have, I'll be talking with Taylor Kredatis, actually, our producer of the show. I'll be talking with Taylor a little bit later. He's going to get some mic time. It's going to be fun getting his thoughts on the season and, and all that good stuff. But joining me now is somebody that you know, that you love. He joins us on Sundays for every live stream broadcast. He's known for his catchphrase, run the ball. It's Barney Pearlstein. What's up, Barney? Hey, what's going on, Vince? Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, dude, I'm so happy to have you on today because you put something out in the Discord. And and by the way, people, if you're not in the Discord, we do have a Discord. Bellandthebirdman.com is, is where you can find it. But you threw this out in the Discord really casually, and I was like, oh, shit, this is really interesting. Uh, you threw out Howie Roseman GM of the year. So yeah. I know the second that I say that, some people's blood is boiling somewhere. Can, can you just, just make the case for me? Like, what is it that makes you say Howie GM of the year? Okay. So let's just break this down. I mean, why are we really mad at Howie Rosen? Why are we really upset? Because we think we made bad decisions. But in my opinion, the decisions he made that we thought were quote-unquote bad turned out to be actually pretty good decisions. I mean, they clowned him for hiring Nick Striani, who is now a Coach of the Year candidate. They clowned him for re-signing Carson Wentz and then trading him while drafting Jalen Hurts. And that turned out to be, you know, a plus you know, that you couldn't even, like, you know, deny. I mean, if you hadn't re-signed Carson Wentz, you couldn't trade Carson Wentz. And I think Howie had that mindset, like, listen, it's like you're playing Madden. What do you do when you have a franchise quarterback, what you really want to draft a young quarterback and get him a young salary? You basically re-sign your quarterback, you trade him, but you have a young guy waiting in wings on, you know, no salary cap. So. Well, well, here's the thing, right? Because the Wentz thing, especially the dead cap number matters. I mean, Wentz was the single-handed biggest cap hit in NFL history. It so, was. So, I mean, so how do you justify that, though? Here's how I justify it. So who's the player making the most money on this team right now? It's a good question. I, it's, I, it, it's Carson I, Wentz. It's Carson Wentz. Oh, it is? <laughs> no, seriously, it's Carson Wentz. So what I'm saying is not having your highest player paid player on this team hasn't affected this team in the least. In fact, it actually made this team better. So because re-signing Carson Wentz and then trading him actually made your team better and you got a first-round pick out of it, I mean, what's, you can't argue that logic. Okay, so one, I mean, it's kind of like Ben Simmons in a way where it was at first people were like, oh, the Sixers are so much better without Ben Simmons. I, I will say this because uh, they're not for the regular season. They're definitely not. They're definitely not. But, but uh, right now, look at where everything is with the Eagles. I, I honestly do believe that they are better with, with Jalen Hurts than Carson Wentz. Like looking at where this season is and what the receivers are and how Sirianni's called plays and all their Steichen's called plays, however you want to call it. Like, I really I don't think they make the playoffs. The Carson Wentz is the quarterback. So I'll, I'll give you the credit there. Like, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. But thinking about Roseman, I mean, uh, let me ask you this, Barney, because for you to throw in a GM of the year case, which is obviously a, a really strong argument, a strong endorsement. Like, how how did you feel about him? Like, uh, let's say March of last year or this year. You know, well, no, it would be last year. Technically, now, how'd you okay. feel about eight, nine months ago? I guess about Howie Roseman. Let me ask you that. I mean, honestly, I like the moves they can make it because I understood the long-term game. Like I even said when they re-signed Carson Wentz, it gives you more options to re-sign him than having his contract expire. Like, yeah, you can get a compensatory pick for him, but that's what, a second, a third maybe? He got a first and a third for him. And not only did he get a first and a third, he managed to use that third to trade up to get Devontae Smith after trading back and getting another first-round pick. So to me, that's a great hustle. You know what I mean? Like – you literally got a first round pick out of Carson Wentz and they used the other pick to trade up and get the guy you really wanted. 
Yeah, but I mean, you, you get a guy in Hurts that they definitely wanted. And I, I get the investment and all that stuff. I, I hated it the second they made the pick, but a day later, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I can see where you're going. But like, do, I mean, do you really believe that Howie signed Wentz with the idea that he'd trade him a year later and eat $35 million in dead cap? I think, honestly, it was one of those things that he considered. It might not have been his exact plan. He might have been like, okay, let's take a wait-and-see approach. But in the back of his mind, he's like, yeah, I'm creating more options for myself. You know what I mean? Like, it's basically when you have a backup quarterback in your roster when you're playing fantasy football, and you don't really have a need for him, but you just like having that insurance policy just in case something happens to your starting quarterback. It's the same thing here. Like, Howie Roseman believes, hey – why am I going to put all this stock into a quarterback that one, a nobody really likes here. And two, nobody's really that invested in here. So he kind of saw the opportunity to right the wrong that he made and he did it. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of writing the wrong, like Wentz clearly, it just wasn't going to work here anymore. After all the full stuff went down, like there was no way. I mean, he was so miserable. The fan base was super divided. The locker room supposedly is, it was really divided. Like it just, it, it was a terrible spot to be in. So uh, there's accountability for all that. But like, I, I guess for the other side of the argument, let me let me put my anti Howie cap on here in a, in a full way. Like this guy fired a Super Bowl winning head coach after three seasons. Uh, three seasons after winning the Super Bowl, he got rid of that guy. He did sign this guy to a big time contract in Wentz, and he did end up trading him and eating all that money. And then you've got all the other dead money. Plus, as much as this team's getting to the playoffs right now, I don't know how good Nick Sirianni is yet. Like, I I don't know how good of a job he's done. I, I know there's coach of the year floating out for him as much as we're talking about Howie GM of the year. But like, yeah. how how good is the foundation of this team? Uh, did he was this an out of the ballpark hire with Sirianni? Like, those are the kind of problems that I've got. Okay, do you want? You're saying did he just get lucky? Did he stumble upon on, on some level? Success? Yeah, did he did he just get lucky? I don't think so. I mean, so for instance, like. Nobody else drafted Jalen Hurts. Nobody else wanted Nick Sirianni. Like, all the moves that he made were moves that nobody else wanted to make. You know what I mean? Nobody really wanted Landon Dickerson in the second round because they all thought he was an intricate. So, where Howie's like, oh, this is a steal. And then took Landon Dickerson. Like, he nailed this year's draft. Between Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, you know, Milton Williams, Gainwell. And then last year, Davion Taylor and Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying he, he's been doing actually pretty good in the draft and a lot of moves that people actually thought that he made wrong turned out to actually be bright spots on our roster. Well, okay. So the draft, the draft thing is like the sorest spot out of all of the anti Howie people. So I love that you yeah. bring this up because for me, it's like Howie is this constant thing of like, here's a really good thing and here's a really bad thing. And, and it just goes all over the place. Right. Cause you hear like, Oh, DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson. And you hear that stuff all the time. And like, it, it's, it's annoying to me. I've literally muted Justin Jefferson on Twitter. Like I can't, I can't see any tweets that have the name Justin Jefferson in them because it's just too annoying. It just pisses me off uh, hearing people bitch and complain. But like, but for, guys like that Jordan Mailata is the most home run pick of home run picks like they gave that guy a top of the line well not even a top of the line contract this year uh, going for the the Barney uh Howie GM of the year case here Jordan Mailata is a great example of that man I mean that guy would they, they drafted him he actually went out of his way to draft him because he yeah. wanted to make sure he got that guy a couple of years ago now he's one of the best tackles in football they signed him to this deal that like what was it four years 64 million you take that in a heartbeat for a tackle that's this good, you take that in an absolute heartbeat. So I've got no problems with that. Um, trading Zach Ertz, I, ultimately a good move. 
you know, to get him out of here when he wanted a big contract and you see where Dallas Goddard was and now they gave him a big deal. I don't feel so good about that. But but to to make all those moves, I think ultimately he's done a decent job uh, in, in terms of management stuff this year. But yeah, when it comes to the draft specifically, man, like uh, a lot of that later stuff is really coming into bloom. Like here's the other thing, Barney, talking about the offensive line, which drives this whole team. I mean, uh, what are these guys like 2013 is Lane Johnson, right? That's Chip's first year. So how he's making that pick Lane's uh, Lane is in part a chip pick, but how he wasn't in the broom closet yet. You know what I mean? So he's making that pick. Uh, Let's see. He had signed Brooks Brooks to start the year and now Jack Driscoll and Nate Herbig. Those are Howie guys. Uh, Kelsey is a Howie guy because he was what? 2011. You've yeah. got uh, Landon Dickerson, Howie Guy, Jordan Mylotta, Howie Guy. Like, the whole line's yeah. Howie Guys. I mean, it's- to mention, none of those guys other than Lane are first-round picks. In fact, you can argue Driscoll, Herbig, Mylotta, all those guys are fifth- and sixth-round picks. You know what I mean? So, like, they know how to draft people late and develop them. It yeah. just – you don't see it right away. Like, I remember back when they gave Brandon Graham that big contract, and everybody was like, what are you doing? Brandon Graham, he's a bum. He's a bust. You should have taken Earl Thomas. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like – Wait a bit. Hold on. Just let it marinate. And you see what happens. Zach Ertz. They traded Zach Ertz. Everybody's like, what are you doing? Why are you trading Zach Ertz? But what's happened since they traded Zach Ertz? They actually committed to the run. And I love Zach Ertz. Thank you for your time. Great receiver. Runs great routes. But he was not a run blocker. And this team realized, you know, midway through that season, you need to really commit to the run. So now it's the time to, you know, put in Dallas Goddard, put in, um, you know, stall and run the fucking ball. Because Zach Ertz Ertz doesn't run block. That's just not his thing. So yeah, no, that's honestly, I I don't think I've heard that yet. But that's a great point. Like Ertz gets out of here and suddenly they become the best rushing offense in football. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's a coincidence. Like you want to say, like, why were they passing the ball so much? It's like because you had Zach Ertz in on like 70 percent of the plays. So it just is what it is, you know, like so now I feel like Howie has a very analytical approach to this team. He makes moves that nobody really thinks is sexy at first. And then when it marinates a little bit, they're like, okay, I see what he was doing there. All right. But the problem is you really have to go back and look at the bad decisions he made and realize, was it really a bad decision? Or was I really just too quick to jump the gun and say it was a bad decision? So, yeah, because I mean, the core of this team, like if if you're going through offense, defense, the core of this team, the offensive line, which we just ran through, it's all Howie guys, Jalen Hurts. Drafted by Howie. You go through Devontae Smith, who just got drafted by Howie. Javon Hargrave, who got signed last year. And people ripped that move. People ripped that move. But I'll tell you, Javon Hargrave right now, I just saw a chart going through on Analytics Twitter, and, and Barcher retweeted it if people want to check it out. But Hargrave's getting double teamed more than anybody in football, or, or basically, I mean, it depends on uh, the, the graph. is kind of hard to read. But it, it's like him and Aaron Donald are getting double teamed the most in football. At, at, yeah. like. That's crazy. That's Howie. Darius Slay. Howie. Like, he's the guts of this team. It's really crazy. I'm glad you brought up Darius Slay because, like I said, we got him for a late third-round pick. Nobody wanted him. Everybody clowned for that one, too. They're like, why are you trading for a 30-year-old corner and then re-signing him? But, listen, it worked because he realized this is what we need, established corner. We can't draft him. Now, I'm glad you brought up the drafting because I'll be the first one to admit. Other than this year, drafting has definitely been his weak point. But... Whose fault is that really? Like I've always said, like, it's like when you are given an option to do something, you're going to do it. He's given the option to make these draft picks, so of course he's going to do it. Inevitably, this is on Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie really needs to realize that if drafting is not Howie Roseman's strong suit, delegate that you know job to somebody else. Don't let Howie make that decision. 
whether he did that this past draft or not, you know, we don't really know. But I'm saying, like, that's ultimately a Jeffrey Lurie decision, and that ultimately falls on Jeffrey Lurie, not on Howie Roseman. Okay, well, that's that's interesting. I mean, like, because you get the Milton Williams fist bump that didn't happen, like yeah. Howie in the draft room and stuff. So it seems like he's still making the picks. So I'm, I, I don't know, but yeah. uh, it, it's an interesting point. I guess ultimately, like, here's where I stand with Howie right now is going into the season. Honestly, I thought it could be time after this year, and especially in the middle of the season. I thought it could be time with Howie. I mean, this was a dumpster fire like seven weeks into the year. But when you're seeing the progression that he's made and like how ugly it was at the start, and where everything's blossomed for him, it's bloomed for him in the second half of the year. It's really a lot like Sirianni. I think him and Sirianni have really mirrored each other. Like for, for Howie, it's all the dead money, getting rid of Wentz, getting rid of Peterson, all the outrage about all of that, hiring Sirianni and all the outrage about that. For Sirianni, it's the press conference. It's wearing all the T-shirts, the beat Dallas shirt and getting their brains kicked in by Dallas. Like, all those things piled up, and and it was like, wow, this is really ugly for everybody. And series one, Sirianni's one and done. Can how we survive this was like a real conversation, and now to see the whole team has really figured everything out. And these are Howie guys, and it's Sirianni, a Howie guy. Sirianni picking his staff. Whether or not we love Gannon is another question, but uh, it's it's Sirianni's staff. He let him do that. Sirianni has been on the come up. The roster's been on the come up. Howie's been on the come up like it's this weird down and then just monster trajectory up. So I guess here's where I'm at, Barney. I think Sirianni clearly deserves another year, and I believe he belongs as a coach. I think Howie deserves another year for sure. He's he's as secure as secure can be. But the front half of the year is so bad for me with all of the dead money. It's impressive they've made it now. Right. But. He dug the hole like 60 million in dead cap is a Howie Roseman hole. You know what I mean? So I I hear where you're coming from, but I, I can't get there. I can't do it. So here's another thought process. What was it? 50 million in dead cap this year? 40, 50, something like that. Hey, it's, it's gotten up to, I think with, with the way everything moved, like little moves throughout the year and whatnot, they hit 60. They passed 60 million. Okay. So. I'm going I'm to play devil's advocate here because I love doing this because when everybody brings up the cap. <laughs> Think about it like this. If you had the opportunity to trade cap money that doesn't really matter, or if you could basically foresee that you could trade 50 or $60 million in cap money for a first and a third in the future, and you would use that third to trade it for a star receiver, and this is cap money that you could actually predict that you won't even need this year because you'll still make the playoffs, would you do it? Yeah. It's like trading for a player, except the players, you know, you're trading cap money for him. Well, yeah, instead I mean, of actual player. So, it, but it's like this isn't a strategy, though. You know what I mean? Like this is I, on some level, is he lucky? I mean, going back to that a little bit, he's a little lucky. Like Sirianni, it feels a little lucky, doesn't it? And the NFL is all about luck. I mean, it's it's horseshoes and hand grenades. You know what I mean? Like, what are we really talking about here? So, yeah, you got to get a little lucky in the NFL. There's always a luck factor to it. But what I'm saying is, like, when you make calculated moves like he did. You're giving yourself more options to be successful in the future. And he took very calculated moves to put himself in a good position in the future. Or this team is a good position to put himself in the future. So well, yeah, I mean, like, look, they're, they're what, nine and eight, right? Nine and seven. I yeah. nine and seven. The whole the, the extra game is so screwing me up. It's gonna take me a year or two. So they're nine and seven. They got one week left. The game doesn't matter. They clinched a playoff spot. Like, yeah, everything's good. So that's why, like, right now, uh, because you th- when you threw this out on the Discord, I put it out as a Twitter poll. And the voting 
And, and we've got a decent number of votes on this. Uh, right now, it's like 73% say no, but uh, 23, or, yeah, it was like 73 to 27% saying yes. And honestly, I thought the 27% was high. So clearly you're on to something. And there are enough people that are with you here for Howie Roseman GM of the year. So uh, I would love to know what you think even more. If you voted in the poll, you have comments for us, let us know. Uh, 215-509-5833. That's our text line, 215 215- 509-5833. Also, you can just hit me up. You can hit Barney up. Barney, where can the people find you? So if you're on Twitter, you can go to at Pushersteen. Or if you're on Instagram, you could do at Pushersteen or up the Uptown Realtor if you need a little real estate advice. So. There you go. Yeah, but Barney is a realtor and he can help you out. And I'm always, every time I'm talking to Barney, he's always like, yeah, made a sale here, doing this, shaking. So Barney's making things happen. So yeah, if you're looking for a place in, a, in the Philly area, hit up Barney. But uh, Barney, glad we could get a couple of minutes to talk about this really interesting conversation. And uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll be seeing you all over this weekend as uh, the birds play Dallas. Oh, yeah. And I think a very meaningful game. Everybody's like, it's a meaningless game. But I'm like, eh, maybe not. We'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, maybe a baby. Yeah. Listen, what if Mitch actually beats him? That's what I'm saying. Like, how deflated would that be for the Cowboys if Mitch actually got the dub? It'd be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll be rooting for that. Make sure you hang with us on the live stream. It's live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter. It'll, it'll be all there all throughout the game at Bell and the Bird. So uh, thanks again for, for joining this little part here. And thank you, Barney. One more thing, Howie for president. Just saying. <laughs> Howie 2024. There you have it. Oh, yeah, there it is. We will crack a liquid death and, and shout out to liquid death, by the way, for uh, helping us bring Barney onto the show. Liquid death. Great sponsor. Great product. Like the water is delicious and I drink it all the time. And now it is dry January, which actually I have not had a sip of alcohol since January started. Uh, I think that's more coincidence than anything. But it does help that I've had a lot of liquid death. I got a case in the fridge. I've been drinking it every morning. Just uh, a liquid death and eggs. And it, it's been absolutely delicious, refreshing. Everything you want in a can of water. And, of course, it's very recyclable. So if you care about the environment the way that I do, my girlfriend does. We've got reusable paper towels, reusable napkins. We've got environmentally friendly uh, dish detergents. I have a, a cleanable diaper that I wear. So I can just, you know, I can just poop myself and clean it. So uh, as recyclable as you can be, <laughs> you can do all of that. Uh, well, you don't want to use liquid death for that. But if you do care about the environment, the can is recyclable and you can get yourself a case with no shipping costs, free shipping. And you just go to liquiddeath.com slash bell. That's liquiddeath.com slash bell. Now, joining me for the second half of the program is somebody that you know him primarily for hitting the music. But he is now hopping in on the show and uh, taking over for John today. Taylor Credatus. What's up, Taylor? We must be uh, cutting short if we're going to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. See, because we get you in in these small spurts. And like, it's really funny because you have to sit there and hear me and John talk about all sorts of crazy. Things. Like we get into some rabbit holes all the time. <laughs> and you're just kind of sitting there watching all of it. And, and to get you to interject sometimes be like the one like whatever you're saying right now is completely insane. I love that. And uh, it's only natural that we bring you to talk a little bit more just about, about everything that's going on, man. So, uh, yeah, like really happy to have you on. And I, I want to get your take on this first, Taylor, because like I was just talking to Barney and we just got into Howie Roseman and, and GM of the year and all sorts of stuff, which was was a little bit shocking to me. What do you think about Howie right now? How do you feel? Uh, GM for the year is probably a bit much, but in what was supposed to be a rebuilding year, I think the whole fan base agreed that this is going to be a rebuilding year. It's a playoff team. And like, yeah, they didn't play some of the best teams, but they've looked good. 
in very good spots. And Jalen Hurts, essentially rookie quarterback, has played pretty well, especially the past couple five weeks. I think that's, you know, you got to give him some credit. And, you know, he's gotten uh, a lot of help from De- uh, Devontae Smith, who looks like he's going to be a big player. Yeah, dude, Smith is so good. Like, I just, I look at Smith all the time and I just, I can't believe it. Like, looking at a guy, because we had T.O. in his prime and that was only for like a year, basically. So he comes and goes. But to see a guy like Smith, who by all accounts, like good team guy and, and all that, for him to look this good right out of the gate, it's just like, it's such a relief to be like, all right, how we got a receiver. Maybe we we still haven't shut up on uh, on J- Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf, but like maybe in a couple of years, Smith is good enough that we forget about that. Maybe. I mean, that that's kind of my bigger point with Howie is the default fan narrative is like Howie sucks. He doesn't draft well, like exactly DK Metcalf, uh, Justin Jefferson, but it's like most GMs aren't that good at drafting. Like name 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 GMs that you know for doing GM things, not off the field things, like a John Lynch or a Bill Belichick. Yeah, and it's a good point, right? Because like I feel like every fan base has those sore spots of like, hey, we drafted this guy in the first round, he didn't pan out. I feel like everyone has them, but we don't really talk about it because they draft that guy. You kind of know who people are in the draft. Then these guys suck. And you don't hear about him anymore. Like if you drafted some dud guard at 17, does anybody care? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like even even the best guys, like they have these little runs of great drafts and then the rest of it is just forgettable ones. Like every great team has it. Like the Spurs have it. OKC has it. If we're talking about basketball stuff, like I don't even know what football team you could say is consistently killing the draft for year by year. And it's just not a realistic expectation you can have. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only teams I can think of that really come to mind, it's like the Steelers because they just never lose. They just, I mean, was it now 15 straight years without a losing season, 18 straight years, something like that. So like that's that's crazy. They're always at least on some level that they're having solid drafts. And then uh, the Ravens and that's it. Like Belichick whiffs all the time. That's the thing I think is so interesting, right? It's like, uh, what was it? Nikhil Harry, for example, was that two years ago? Maybe like total bust. That guy sucks. Yeah, like. I guess with the Ravens and the Steelers, because they've had a little bit of playoff success and the Ravens have gotten two Super Bowls past decade. But I mean, you're really grasping for straws after that. And even then, like, you know, it's maybe one or two, you know, championship or conference championship games that you're getting to. So. Yeah, and like the the challenge is when you're talking about Howie because everybody wants to rip him, and this is I always get it. Like, oh, well, he's not a football guy, and it's what is he has pictures of Jeffrey Lurie somewhere. <laughs> like, it's all that kind of junk. But like, how many GMs are better? And that's the thing. Like, you you compare players all the time, and it's oh, this quarterback is better than our guy, or our guy's better than that quarterback. You never hear anybody bring up another GM ever. Like, I I honestly I don't know if I've ever seen a real argument about Howie where they point to another GM and go, these guys do the job better. Yeah. And like I said, you only know GMs for their off the like non GM things like Jerry Jones. It's because he talks to the media, like any other guys, it's not because of what he does in the background. It's because, you know, they're a prominent figure in the media. Yeah. Like uh, one of the few guys I think a lot of people can name is probably John Lynch, who, you know, Hall of Fame player and analyst for a bunch of years. And then he goes to San Francisco. And like, how much is he even calling the shots anyway? Just yeah. And pe- people from ESPN wanted to talk about him more because it's their old coworker. 
<laughs> yeah, they want to pump their guy up. So like all that stuff, it just it all comes together. And that's the thing. Like the, all the how we hate. I, I don't know if it ever changes. You know what I mean? Like I, they won the Super Bowl. And I feel like even when they won the Super Bowl, people were like how we did great. And then like a year later, they were like how we was never any good. <laughs> just, I mean, I feel like it's pretty safe to say that's like either the or a top three best offensive line of all time for that Eagles Super Bowl team. And I think that's, and they want it. So I feel like that's enough for Howie to be free for however long until, until it's like an unreal disaster. And also he had an unreal disaster on his hands with Carson and couldn't have done any better. Not like for signing him, because the thing is, you get in the spot with Wentz and, and like talking about with Barney a little bit. It's just this idea of, yeah, I mean, it goes wrong. You have all the dead cat money and that's a problem. But like you signed him under market, like a lot of these guys for what a franchise quarterbacks worth these days. I mean, those guys are making what, like 40 million a year now is, yeah. is like the going rate. Wentz wasn't making that. So when you sign him for less than that, sure, you bailed on the contract, but also he's not going to completely hamstring you. And in the worst year of it. You're still making the playoffs like this. This could be so much worse. The 60 million dead cap and still making the playoffs is like, I mean, literally nobody's ever done it. Nobody. And and, and to just look at that and just go, oh, well, he, he made those mistakes. Yeah, he did. But it, that's the past. The future is the guys you have on the team. The future is uh, Jalen Hurts, although he might get traded. And we can talk about that in, in a couple of minutes. But it's like it's Jalen Hurts. It's the offensive line, which is better than the Super Bowl unit. I mean, because you had like Big V that was starting and the end of Jason Peters. And now you got my on that side and Dickerson. So like looking at where the offensive line is and the youth of this team and the future of it and whether or not you believe in Sirianni, the future is really great. So all those things are in the past, man, like being in this spot. It's like, oh, well, you, you have the draft picks, but you know, he's going to blow them all. Like, that's the only thing people think about. But this draft was uh, I had some doubts about it at first. This draft's amazing, dude. It's amazing. And also imagine if we didn't trade Carson. Or like we didn't get a somewhat return. Like everybody would be absolutely killing this guy. And he actually pulled it off and we actually look pretty damn good. Even better than I thought we would right now. Yeah, I, I don't think any. I mean, me and John were excited about this team and at the beginning of the season. And then there's points where John was like, no, everything <laughs> came he went to the swallow of misery. But now that he's back and like seeing where this team is, yeah, it was like, okay, this could be a team that runs the ball that looks pretty good for a young team as long as they do that typical young team playbook, they're going to be fine. They figured it out. They got there and, the, and they're doing it better than expected. I mean, they're they're really playing great football. So to see him at this point, yeah, like I'm excited about it. And uh, I guess let me ask you this, Taylor, because people it, it, it was a hot seat thing with Howie earlier this year. I mean, a, after the way this season's gone, can you even can, like, is he even in the same room as a hot seat? I really can't say he is. It's a playoff team. Like the the only major gripe I've had with him is how Zach Ertz has been handled. I mean, granted, it was just a tossaway trade. I mean, at this point, he had to be off this team. Like, clearly something wasn't right. Um, felt like three years ago during the draft, that was the time to trade him. Like, that was probably as high as he could be after the Super Bowl, uh, capital-wise, and obviously didn't happen. So that's the only thing I would really look at um yeah yeah because it just stinks because you know you could have gotten way more from hell even a year ago and now it's just like we had to force our hand with this uh 
the way he was acting around the team this year. Well, yeah, and, and his production was dipping and all that kind of stuff. The, the interesting thing, too, uh, and I mentioned this with Barney as well, is like, well, he brought it up, and credit to him, is once they got rid of Ertz, that's when they started to become this great running team. It yeah. was like very shortly after. So they get rid of him. You lean on Goddard. It's Jack Stoll, all that kind of stuff. And then they start just pounding people. Like, are they as good of a running team if Zach Ertz is still on this team? Do they make the playoffs? Which is a weird question. But do they make the playoffs if Zach Ertz is on this team? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe not. That, that's so interesting. I don't know. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to put that out on Twitter. I'm going to put that out on Twitter and I'm going to see what people say because I'm so curious. Like that was one of those things. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this. No, that's completely right. He's never been a good blocker. And now everything runs. I mean, at historic. I mean, we're talking about a historic running offense. Do they try to pass more and run less? Is it as effective? All that stuff. I just if he's if he's tight end too, you know, that's not going to go well. Like he's yeah. not going to play as well because he knows he should be one. And then what you bench him, it gets even worse after that. Yeah, I just man, you know they probably don't. I real the more I'm thinking about this, they don't make the playoffs. Zach Ertz is on this team. That's so, that's so weird. That might be the breaking point <laughs> between being 500 and what maybe six five wins. Yeah, like uh, think about just the Washington game that that just happened. I mean, they beat them, but they beat them by four. Like, do they win that game? I mean, can you really say that with a lot of confidence? I don't know. Uh, they, like, I mean, they still barely won it. It was an interception in the end zone. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's such a complicated thing. So yeah, I'll put that out on Twitter. If you want to vote on that at Bell and the Bird, or you can just hit us up on, uh, hit us up on the text line two one five. 509-5833. And we also have a Discord server. Uh, so you can find all of this, by the way, at bellandthebirdmen.com. So if you just want to check all of it, Twitter, uh, the text line, Discord, bellandthebirdmen.com to, to get the links to all that. But let's do this, Taylor, because talking about the trade stuff a little bit, I want to read a, uh, a spicy little comment here from one Adam Schefter, who, by the way, is Mr. Like Russell Wilson rumors, and he's he'd be interested in Philly and all that kind of stuff. He was on with uh, with John Kincaid the other day, and here's the quote, okay? So NBC Sports Philly put the quote together. They said, if the Eagles still want to go out and get a quarterback this offseason, and I still think they might, we'll see how it unfolds, if they want to go out and get Russell Wilson, Sean Watson, Aaron Rodgers, you name the guy, somebody will be very happy to take Jalen Hurts off their hands. And then he says, I think they have themselves right now somebody who has value around the league. Can you actually imagine the Eagles trading Hurts at this point? If they don't give up that much more to get one of those guys, maybe. Like This is the first time I've heard where it's not like, oh, this is just going to be the replacement guy for this team because they have to get rid of this quarterback that's getting this amount of money or he's this late in his career. And so maybe... Great. Maybe like I because I, Howie clearly wants to do it right. Like th those have been all the reports. Howie wants to do it real bad. He wanted Watson. They were in conversations with that. Uh, they they've clearly. I mean, I've talked about Russell Wilson a million times. So you know where all of that's coming from. Seems like Rogers is going to stay in Green Bay, but you never know. So looking at all of it, like would Howie want to do it? Absolutely. I I think he would. And here's the other thing. Hertz is he's at his peak trade value. 
I honestly, I don't know how much higher his trade value gets. Like you've got a guy that just the running production, analytics, all that stuff. It's it's through the roof for him right now. He's listed as a top ten quarterback from PFF. So if you like PFF, if you buy that, of course, then a lot of people are going to be satisfied with that. And you got this young guy, charisma, character, clutch, all those different things you're looking for. He's got all of that. He's got two years left on a second round picks contract. Like. I don't know if he gets any more valuable than this. So you like, I don't know exactly what his value is, but this dude has value, man. I mean, it's really crazy. I'm trying to think of what, where he would rank amongst value younger quarterbacks. Like I would say Joe Burrow, number one right now. Yeah. But then after that, like, where are we going? Like, let's say like three years in the league. Mm, Yeah. I mean, it's like Burrow, Herbert, is on that list. Uh, trying to yeah, think of okay, the Herb, there, Yeah, there's there's a two. Lawrence by default, maybe. No. Like people just go into the no. Jags and they're terrible. I, I don't know. I think Lawrence isn't it. Ooh, okay. I, I thought Lawrence, I, I thought he was going to be as safe a bet as you could you can get, but it's he played still, man. Yeah, he he played a legit like bro style uh football in college, but it's it's looked really bad so far. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Fields has had some really dud games so far. So who would yeah, you rather I'd, have, Fields? I'd much uh, rather run with Fields. I've I've seen more glimpses of Fields actually being pretty good than Lawrence. Would you take Fields over Hurts right now? Mm, mm. That's pretty good. That uh, Fields is a popular choice going into the draft. Yeah. Yeah, I mm. I mean right now I'd go with Hurts. Yeah, probably, but. Mm. Yeah, the, ce- the ceiling's higher with Fields, though, I think. And that's the that's the ultimate thing, too. Like for me, and I know it's funny because like I'll get hate for this because I've been the Russ guy. But thinking about the value of Jalen Hurts right now, it's my it's mostly as a runner. He's getting better as a passer, but the passing offense isn't great. There's Sirianni problems. Receivers aren't great. I, I get all that. But as a passer, I still think his ceiling isn't as high as you want it to be. And they've played a generally weak schedule. So he's done the job. They've run the ball and it's worked. But. If I can get a first plus for Jalen Hurts right now, I'd do it. Like, if I can do that in a deal for, I mean, obviously, Deshaun Watson, there's a lot of baggage with that. But if they want to make that deal, I understand where they're coming from. I really do. I get giving up Hurts to get Watson. I get giving up Hurts to get, like, Russell Wilson. It just, I don't think his value gets any higher than right now. And if Howie doesn't believe in him, this is the time, especially God for. I mean, if they win a playoff game, I think people are going to go nuts if they do it. But that's crazy value right now. Like that's the peak for a second round pick. Holy crap! It's tough because I don't, I don't know if this team's good enough to legitimately contend, even if we do get one of those guys, because of what you're going to be giving up in that Jalen Hurts deal. It's Which the is cap. the part that stinks. Yeah, that's like the cap thing is the biggest thing, and that's that's a bigger conversation I want to get into in another day. It's just like what? Okay, say you are keeping Hurts, and a lot of people want to keep him at this point. Totally get it. If you're going to keep Jalen Hurts, like what exactly does the team have to look like to win a Super Bowl? How much work do they actually need? Where do you want to put those pieces? What kind of things are you looking to draft? I just I think it's a great conversation, but thinking about like. Yeah, what is the ceiling of a of a Jalen Hurts led team? And here's the thing: is like, okay, you think he's really good right now, and the contract's great. What's he worth when you have to pay him? Like, is he 
if do you think he's a 40 million dollar a year guy because i sure as hell don't i that scares the crap out of me paying him 40 million dollars a year yeah i i pay him like 25 maybe right like what's his in your head taylor you're you're howie roseman for a minute what is what is jalen hurts dollar amount per year i think even regardless of his plays just how far this team gets in the next what four years right so if if you wanted to tag him and drag it out i mean you got two years left on the on the rookie deal and then since he's a second rounder i don't think there's that fifth year option so basically you'd have to extend him after next season i never even thought about that way that kind of changes everything right because it's like oh he's a rookie right now and like oh so yeah he's basically a rookie yeah i mean basically but he did lose one year of that deal and in a year from now if he's been your starter for two years and you didn't go for russell wilson or watson or rogers or whatever and he's going to be your guy then you're going to be paying that guy. Yeah, I mean, playoff appearances, if, if he makes it again next year, if you think they're going to get better, they're going to land picks, use the cap space, all that, they're going to get better and make the playoffs. You're, you're getting Jalen Hurts with two playoff appearances, being the heart of this team with, with his running style, and you're going to have to pay him. Like, what what is that worth? And, yeah, so basically, if you don't trade him, you're baking on building an elite defense in this draft and then whatever needs are needed after the following season in the draft, um, which seems more unlikely than likely. So it's, even if you do love Hurts, it's probably better to sell high with the trade now. And that's the thing, man. Like, I just think about where everything's going with Hurts. And, like, for Schefter to drop that, you know, because clearly uh, he's plugged into everybody. He knows everything that's going on. People tell because he's a secret dealer. So when he's a secret dealer and, and he's said all the stuff about Russ and where he's going to go, he breaks every major news story. Clearly, he knows that people are legitimately interested in Jalen Hurts. I, I know there was somebody a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was Rob Motti. Rob Rob Monty had some tweet where he was basically like, yeah, I was wishing Merry Christmas to some guy uh, that was in a league office somewhere. And he said that if the Eagles don't want him uh, with Jalen Hurts, we'll take him. So, yeah, like people like this guy and they would want to build around him. And if I was a smaller market team or a team that's generally stunk, like, uh, I don't know. I don't think the Lions would do it. But, uh, okay, now, I don't know if Cleveland would do this either. But they Oh, no. If Mayfield, I'm just saying, if Mayfield demands a trade, which is a report that came out that maybe he will, if Mayfield asks out and they deal Mayfield, would would the Browns be interested in going and dealing for Jalen Hurts? Like quarterback for quarterback and whatever? Or maybe you trade Mayfield to whoever wants him and, and say you get rid of him and you give him to somebody else who wants to go in on Mayfield, but then the Browns basically turn around and trade for Hurts. Like it's, a, it's effectively a three-team deal. I don't. I don't think they'll. Mayfield has to really, really want out because I know the Browns are going to have to re-sign him. Like they can't. They can't go and find another quarterback like that. Like you have to sign him if you're. Well, Browns. I, if if somebody else is interested in him and you can get Hurts and you can drag that thing out and like they've got all these guys like Miles Garrett and right now it's Clowney and uh, Nick Chubb and uh, for what that team is if they're trying to keep it together and they want to keep the salary low then. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just one theory to spitball, but like thinking about Hertz and his trade value, I could see a lot of teams that would definitely want him and could sell him. That's the bigger thing. Like 
fans are going to get excited about that dude. And Eagles fans would lose it if he got dealt. Like they would they would completely lose their shit. And uh on some level to me it's it's funny. I I really I really do cuz like I I love Hurts. I do, I love the guy, but again, it's about the player ultimately. How great is he? And I just I don't see him being the top guy that carries a championship team. I think he's a really good player and if it's built right, he can he can obviously get you into the playoffs, but like Exactly. Is Jalen Hurts the guy that can get you through injuries on a, on an injury depleted team? Can he cover that up? Can he make so many immaculate throws that it opens up everything else? Throwing guys open, which he's done a little bit, can he do that consistently? Like those are big asks, man. And that's that's the thing. I think he's had a great year, but like the ceiling stuff still scares me. Yeah, I mean it's borderline impossible to get that kind of quarterback. Like there's only four or five a generation and he's not it it like it would have it would have shown itself by the at this point and that's the thing like burrow you i mean that guy out of spite put like 500 yards up on what was it the steelers he or the, or the ravens the, the chiefs last week yeah so he's because uh, he's done it in back-to-back weeks i think he had like 450 one week and then 500 another like he's he's playing out of his mind so you see that. I mean, when, when you know, and everyone knows that Hurts' best value is a runner. He's getting better as a passer, but the floor was low. So, yeah, like, how high is it going to be? How much do you want to pay him? What does it look like to build a team around him when he is getting paid? Where are you going to cut your value? Are you going to put less money into the defensive line because now you've put that money into Hurts? Like, what are you going to do? So th- there's a lot of ugly questions. And for Schefter to just throw out this idea that the Eagles could still move him and basically that how he's interested in in doing it still, it was just like, man, I mean, I didn't, I, I wasn't sure how they fully felt at this point, but I get it. Like, the more I think about it, I really, I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, this is the ultimate bell check move. Like, it is. Sell, sell at its very highest point, and then it just plateaus once it's in destination XYZ. Yeah, because like I can imagine. I mean, and it's funny because this is this is just always how it goes. Like how we could could trade Jalen Hurts in the offseason, they get a guy like Ross, and and people freak out, right? They they just completely lose their minds. But then two years from now, Hurts gets the deal, and the team stinks because they need him to be a great passer, and he hasn't figured that out. And now everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you suckers, you got stuck with Jalen Hurts in that contract," and like <laughs> like forgetting everything that happened two years ago. Yeah. It- like I said before, I think it really hinders on is, are you going to absolutely kill it this draft and the following draft? Cause that's what you're going to have to give up in that deal to get whatever quarterback they end up getting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so how about this? I, I would love to hear your thoughts on all this stuff. And if you want to get in two one five five zero nine fifty eight thirty three, that's the easiest way to get in touch with us on the text line. And usually it's me and John going through there. We try to get back to everybody as much as we can. So two one five five zero nine fifty eight thirty three. And again, we got the discord. So if you want to hop in the discord and talk with us there, we're in there. I'm in there. John's in there. Everybody on staff is in there. So uh, you can feel free to join us for that, for all the Eagles conversation. But uh, for now, just thank you so much. Everybody support the show. We're going to be live on Saturday for the game. So if you want to check that out, uh, make sure to find us live. We're going to be on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. We're going to be everywhere as we always are every week. Live commentary on the game, pregame show, postgame show, all that stuff. So stick around for all of that coming up later in the week. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you do. Wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the show. Five stars mean a lot. And for... Taylor Cradatis, who did not have to hit the music today, for uh, Barney, 
who came on and, and gave the uh, the little Howie GM of the Year conversation. I'm Vince Quinn. Thank you so much for hanging with us. And we'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh.